Hey, I am fired up because today I have a special guest and a special friend of mine, Mr. David Young, uh, who is the is the host of the Eagle Scout podcast or yes. show. Eagle Scout show, yeah. absolutely. And uh, I, I'm really excited to have David on because David is a, a family man, a godly man, and a funny man. And... Uh, <laughs> At least you always make Well, the me cameras laugh. are on, so yeah. we've established funny. There, I like that. There we go. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, David, why don't you, uh, just for the audience, give uh, our folks a bit of a rundown on your background? Sure. Uh, my name is David Young. I live in Argyle, Texas. I am extremely happily married, or at least I was when I left the house this morning. <laughs> um, things change dramatically. I have two awesome kids who are adults. My oldest turned 27 yesterday, which I'm still kind of trying to reconcile in my head. Uh, that's Emily, and then Jack is 22 years old. Um, uh, Amy, my wife, just retired from teaching school and is absolutely amazing and puts up with a lot, as your audience will probably understand. Come to learn. Forward, yes. <laughs> They'll be like, she's a saint. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah, I host this, uh, this crazy podcast. I have a, uh, um, I sell cybersecurity equipment, uh, for a company called Fortinet and, uh, love my customers, love the interaction with the people. Mm. That part of it gets me going. I love selling things. I don't talk in my sleep. Uh, <laughs> otherwise my mouth is pretty much running. Running. <laughs> so yeah. that's kind of where I am. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, so you've got a show called Eagle Scout. You just got a thing for them, or were you actually an Eagle Scout? No, I was an Eagle Scout. Uh, my dad was an Eagle Scout. My dad is is crazy. Uh, good, good crazy, good crazy. But, but just kind of across the spectrum of crazy, he's crazy. He's 88, and he was super hyper-involved in scouting, and he's an Eagle Scout. Then um, I, of course, went through the program. He was a big part of that. And then my son, Jack, is also an Eagle Scout. So we have three, oh, very cool. three generations of Eagle Scout. And uh, I'm super passionate about it. Um, they, you you want to limit my uh, my ability to discuss that because I will you'll, fill hard drives. You'll, you'll chat it up. Yes. You absolutely. know, I'm actually just going to lean right into this because we were talking earlier. Um, I'm not sure that scouting has a good rap across the board. Well, scouting struggled uh, dramatically, and the the thing that frustrated me and the reason that I started the Eagle Scout show is very simply, they they have not shown a they've not defended themselves. Mm. And the and the analogy I use is that they uh, they got in their foxhole, they put their helmet on, they got as low as they could, and they're just waiting for it to be over. And, okay, and they're kind of through that process. The the bankruptcy and all that has, has already, they've kind of gone through all that. Yeah. Uh, it's created a lot of messes, but, um, basically the, they don't get any good press or very little good press. The negative press is very sensational. The issues that they have had in the past, most of these issues were 45, 50 years ago. Mm. Um, they've gotten better. They have a very stringent program in place doing background checks and training for adults. I just recently went through that training again. You have to go through every year. It is very comprehensive and super creepy, like super creepy, because you think 
I think that um, those types of crimes that they talk about are crimes of opportunity, and they're absolutely not. And so it requires these different layers of protection to keep that from happening. And it happens in every organization where youth are involved. It happens in the public schools, unfortunately. It happens in every church organization. Um, obviously, the Catholic Church has strong issues with that, but it happens in every one. And I just got tired of all of the good things that scouting does getting painted with that brush because it's not fair. And they have taken such a a physical hit from that um, in terms of numbers and staff and all those types of things that they just don't come out and swing and say, hey, look, we're on top of this. Enough. Yeah, yeah. enough. We're, we're getting after it. Scouting is alive and well. It's very strong. It's getting stronger. It is, and, and I've said this a thousand times, it is the greatest leadership program for youth in the world today. And I will debate that with any human being on any program. And I have yet to be challenged on that uh, with one exception. I was at a podcast convention, and and I need I, – I'm missing a key fact here, but I talked to a gentleman. You're at a podcast convention, and it's, hey, what's your podcast about? Well, it's about it's about left-handed squirrels. We talk, we talk <laughs> about and to left-handed squirrels. It's very interesting. So, you know, it's very niche and right, right. And, and mine is super niche. And, uh, and the guy's like, oh, yeah, you know, my kid was in this other program. And I don't remember what it was. I honestly don't. And um, he's like, yeah, it was a great program. And it was faith based and, and all this. And I was like, well, that's awesome. And he goes, well, it's not as good as scouting. It's not, not near as good as scouting. But I'm like, y- you know, scouting's available, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't close. It's a, it is a thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. So, but but overall, I, I so really that is the that. message here. Scouting is open. Yeah, right? we're open for business. Yeah. And the the things that it did for me, and and especially as a parent looking at my kid, um, I think were just insane. And it, it's it's hard to quantify unless you've been through it. Mm. But what do you mean we're insane? When like like. It teach the leadership part of it is very gradual. It's not we're on a whiteboard. This is what leadership is, and this is step one and step two. Scouting by design puts you, your kid in these situations. Kid, now it's not son; it's kid mm-hmm. in these situations where um, they lead people, like they actively yeah. lead people. It's not we're going to throw you into a situation. Yeah, and we're going to support you, and and good scout troops are led by the kids, by design. Mm, yeah, yeah. The adults are there to keep them in bounds, keep them out of trouble, but the kids lead it, and they, and and for me, I've always said it's a safe place to make a mistake. Yeah, you can't make mistakes in in competitive school districts anymore, because you make a mistake, and now you're not in the top ten, you're in the top twenty or whatever that is. Yeah, it's so wrong. Yeah, but in scouting. You're going to eat some cold chicken on a camp out, and you're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. But it's going to happen. But it's cold chicken. Yeah. It's not what we wanted. Yeah, right? it's yeah. not. That yeah. wasn't the goal. Yeah, exactly. And so um, yeah, those that's... types of experiences, and then, you know, uh, Jack was in from about, uh, in this Boy Scout program from about 11 or 12 years old until he was right up till he was 18. And it was such a gradual thing that he didn't see it as it was happening. But then when he was kind of, on the 
on the upside. And he also matured, obviously, a lot from, you know, he's, he's an adult man when he gets out. And, uh, and then he could see, yeah, you know, I really learned a lot. And you deal with different people. Like, kids have to learn to deal with different groups. Like, like the kids in his youth group and the kids in scouting and the kids at school and the kids in sports teams, those are all different groups. Mm, yeah, yeah. They operate differently. They have kind of different rules, different dynamics. And so exposing him to that, I think, helped dramatically too. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Yeah. How would, um, you know, talk to a lot of dads. So they're they're listening right now. What What's the proper age to get started in this kind of thing? Scouting. So the scouting program starts in, in first grade, Cub Scouts, or maybe kindergarten now. Um, and Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts are very different, and that can be a problem for Scouts because Cub Scouting is all about family, because primarily the age group. Um, and it's all family activities, family camping, all that. And as your kid goes... So that's like the... The Derby and all that stuff. The Pinewood, yeah, the Pinewood yeah, the, Derby. The Pinewood Derby. Uh, here's I my, did that. Here's my Pinewood Derby plug. It's not about winning races. It's about building cars. Mm. Dad, yeah, that's the dads project. miss out on that. Yeah, dads. Some dads, not all, but some think it's about winning races. It's not at all. It's yeah. about building cars. And if the car gets to the end of the track, that's a bonus. That's a winner. That's a huge <laughs> bonus. Yes. Yeah. But um, but yeah. yeah, Pinewood Derby, all those things, it's all family, family, family. And then your kid gets to um, fourth, fifth grade right in there, and it's the Weeblos program, which is designed to go as a bridge between the that's two. That's where I got punted. I, did, yeah. I didn't make it to Weeblos. A lot of kids. I, I was a Boy Scout. Yeah. And I got in a fight with a den mother's son, and then that was the end of my Oh, really? Career. <laughs> yeah, nice. True story. I think I've probably heard I got that in a story. lot of I didn't know fights. you were that guy. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, I was that guy. You're throwing hands at Cub Scouts. Yeah, it's bad. Um, yeah, so. So Weeblos. So you go through Weeblos, and that's kind of a bridging program to a degree. And then the problem that I see consistently is the kids think that Boy Scouts is like Cub Scouts. Mm. And they're like, man, I'm too old for this. I'm, I'm getting a little older So they think here. it's, yeah. And so they don't want to do it. And so, but you get into the scouting program is completely different. The kids lead everything. They have officers. They have senior patrol leader runs everything. That's a kid. They're all kids. They decide what they do, where they go, how they do it, all that. The parents facilitate that. And they're like, we want to go camping and we want to go here. Well, the parents do all the logistics of making that happen. But the kids do everything up and into including buying all the groceries and feeding each other and, and all those things. And so it is very much an independent, more of an independent experience with the kid. The parents involved, and I do love the fact, I, I have a lot of conversations with parents about scouting, and I talk to them about, because in Texas, uh, every every seventh grade boy in Texas is a quarterback. They are. <laughs> Everyone. Yeah. And my kid probably was too. Every, every kid's, a, and you're like, oh, you know, I really think he's going to play quarterback for the high school, probably get a scholarship. I think it probably Stanford or um, maybe Alabama. I don't know. And that's seventh grade, right? <laughs> yeah. So then they get to eighth or ninth grade, and this is Texas, it, you know, fill in the blank with whatever activity. They get they get a little bit older, and they realize, ah, that's, maybe that's not my deal. And they think it's too late to go to scouting, and it's absolutely not. Um, they can do both. They can absolutely do athletics and scouting. It's very important that they do a lot of things. 
I tell people I don't want scouting to be your number one priority. It should absolutely not be your number one priority. It should be on your list. But if that's your number one thing, then then I'll, I want to talk about some other stuff. I want to talk about God. I want to talk about family and, and those sorts of things. But, yeah. but that being said, um, they sports, and, and you can coach sports, and I understand that dynamic too. And I, and I coached poorly uh, several sports <laughs> stories there that were horrible. Uh, but um, there are, you're primarily watching your child participate in this activity. You're probably helping the referees a little bit, I would think. You're probably, you know, getting in their ear and talking to them, just letting them know that maybe they've made a mistake. <laughs> gently. Just gently <laughs> suggesting stuff about hey. their parents or, you know, particularly their mother. Yeah. Um, you know, that sort of thing, right? Right. But in scouting, you're you're spectating, but you're also there. Like, you're shoulder to shoulder on a lot of those activities. And it's just a very different experience. And and I am I'm a proponent of that. I think it's amazing. That's it. That's cool. Yeah. So, um, I don't know what made me think of this, but it's just the way my brain works. So, what about ROTC and scouting? Do they interrelate? Are they... Completely different. How, how they do, do so? So scouting has a little bit of a military feel to it. Yeah. To a lot of people, because of the primarily the uniforms and the structure of it, it's designed in patrols, and troops. You know, it has kind of that, and they, you know, they're outside and they're intense. Yeah. Uh, no guns, um, but um, but there is that piece of it. I will tell you, my limited experience with ROTC is I was a student at Texas A and M for a while. Um, I struggled finding the classrooms. The <laughs> campus was super big, and so I had a hard time with that part. Yeah, the the bars had light up signs on the front. Right, it was easy, it so much easier. Yeah, I can and walk I was, right in here. There's some opportunity there. <laughs> but anyway, I uh, that being said, um, I know that if you get your Eagle Scout, there are scholarship opportunities in the Corps of Cadets, which is their ROTC program, and you wear your Eagle Scout badge on your ROTC uniform at Texas A and M. Okay. Um, there are, uh, I want to say it's Boeing, that you're guaranteed a job interview there if you uh, have an Eagle Scout. Yeah, interesting. Um, so yeah. we talked, uh, what's, Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts, Weeblos, yeah. or? Cub Scouts, Weeblos, Boy Scouts. Boy Scouts, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then the Eagle Scout is like the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, so the Eagle Scout, and, and the other thing I'll say is, the only reason that I have a podcast called the Eagle Scout show and that I focus on Eagle Scouts is because the familiarity with, with people that aren't involved in scouting, they all know or have heard about an Eagle Scout. Like, and there's a, there's a certain, um, honor there and people respect that. You know, I still put it, I'm 56 years old and I still put it on my resume and people, we still talk about it. People Interesting. still talk about it. Yeah. Um, so it's got street cred. Scott Street cred. I, I tell parents, you know, talking back to the football reference, if I told you I played high school football, would you be impressed? And they're like, mm, no, not really. I said, what if I told you I was an Eagle Scout? And they're like, oh, that's that's kind of impressive. That's kind of – all right, then why are we going to nine football practices a week and we can't make it to scouts one night a week? Yeah, that's a great but, question. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, um, so – You know, it sounds like um, it's teaching your responsibility. It, it's – That's a piece of it. One of the things that changed my my son, Jack, the, the most dramatic change I saw in a very short period of time was the first time he went to Boy Scout summer camp. So he's 11 years old. He's out the other side of Bridgeport, Texas. 
um, somehow that that area is closer to the sun than anywhere else that I've ever been. It's 300 degrees. They're living in canvas tents. I bought him a cheap Casio watch, strapped it on his arm, and I was like, you're going to have these classes that you have to go to, and they happen at these times, and you know how long it takes to get from where you are to there. Go. And he had to grow up a lot. Right. And he's away from home, and there's a lot of homesickness. A lot of the, a lot of the boys get homesick, and they cry, and they struggle, and then they kind of work through it. And so that changed him dramatically. He came home with a confidence that he didn't have when he left the house. That's cool. In that one-week period. Um, so there's a lot of that. There's a lot of being put in situations that are safe, but that you're not familiar with. And you have to work through, do a little problem solving. Right. And you got to kind of take care of yourself and, and that sort of thing. But the Eagle Scout is is a, is the is the top rank that you can receive in scouting. And it is a process that takes several years to get through. And it culminates with a project that kind of shows off everything that you've learned. Everybody hears about the Eagle Scout project. Um, but, and, and I tell this, I tell the same stories over and over again. Um, uh, we had a kid in our scout troop who, there are these different ranks that you get to advance to get to Eagle Scout, right? Uh, scout, tenderfoot, second class, all the way through. There's five or six of them. This young man never got one of those. Not one. He went to every summer camp. He got a bunch of merit badges. He was at every meeting. He had no interest in the program, like the advancement piece of it. Hmm. And I would argue with you that he got more out of the program than than some of the kids that that went through and got their Eagle Scout. He got more. You could just see that kid absorbing Hmm. that stuff. And he participated in everything, and he had leadership roles, and he did all this stuff. He didn't care anything about getting initials in a book and getting recognized for that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that cool? That is cool. Um, yeah, I was thinking about, you know, giving our kids responsibilities at a young age. I was watching this video, uh, and it really struck me. The, the, the guy's kind of a hard charge, and he, um, he looked like an MMA fighter. I can't remember the guy's name. Oh, dear. It's a, it's a great, and he's just hardcore, and he's interviewing this guy, and he's like, you've got a six-year-old, and he's like, have you trained him to get ready for school and, and, uh, you know, get out the door on his own yet. And he's like, no, no, he can't do that. And he said, so why are you holding him back? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The guy's like, well, I, I don't well, well, he's just not ready for it yet. I'm not, I mean, I'm not holding him back. And he said, yeah, you are. And he's like, yeah, well, I haven't really thought about it that way. Right. Yeah. 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 It, it, and what he was saying is even at age of six, should be able to train your child to get ready and let you know that he's ready for school rather than chasing him around, which is what we do, right? It's like, and I was watching that. I'm like, that's really good because I think we tend to do stuff for our kids that they can do on their own. I was, I was having a conversation literally yesterday um, at the elementary school where our grandson goes. I know the principal there. She's an amazing woman. And uh, she's she's taking 120 kids to CC's Pizza, Jeez, and yeah, and they do it in in uh, sets of 40. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I think it was 160 Is that kids. That's manageable. Four, four sets of 40, 160 kids going going to CC's Pizza. Yeah, and they get 
the moms and dads that are there volunteering and the kids come in and she said, and I'll, all of a sudden I see the parents like trying to help the kids. And these are kindergarten through fifth grade kindergartners. Yeah. And she said, stop it. Do not help them. Yeah. They will get their own food. They will get their own plate. Don't cut their food. Like they can do this. Yeah. And we show them how to do it. And then they help each other so that the fifth graders are helping the kindergartners. Right. And that's giving the fifth graders responsibility. It's giving the kindergartners responsibility. It's like we, in our effort to help, I think as parents, a lot of times we're actually taking away the opportunity for them to learn and grow. You are 1000% correct. I'll tell you um, on my experience. So um, I told you that, that Amy, my wife, um, taught school forever. So school teachers see the results of that, right? Mm-hmm. They see what happens when, when parents do everything for their kids, and then they have to deal with that all day. And so at my house, there wasn't a lot of that. My kids, um, I wouldn't say they had an easy childhood, um, but they were more self-sufficient than most of their peers because Amy's not having it. And if Amy's not having it, it ain't happening. It's just how it is. She did such an amazing job with them and just so, so good at it. And I just tried to follow her on a lot of the, a lot of the blocking and tackling. And she had a rule that if I said something was going to happen, it had to happen Mm. with the kids. And I don't know how many times, but probably three or four times that I said, if you don't X, we're not going to Y. Oh, man. Right? I just hung myself. And I want to Y. Right. I wanted to go to that. Right, right. And the kid's like, I ain't doing it. And you're like, all right, we're not. I mean, we're Guess done. we're not going to the ball game. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> I got to put the glove away. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the worst. You got you to gotta pick those consequences very carefully. How many times we screw ourselves. Right. I remember her getting in Jack's face. <laughs> Not yeah. bad, but getting down on his level, he's three or four years old, and he was he was trying to kind of take charge of the universe. And she said, "Jack, here's the deal. It's going to go my way. I'm going to win every time. And uh, how we get there is up to you. <laughs> Do it however you want. But at the end, I'm going to win. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And got his attention pretty quickly. But yeah, that um, I have to tell one more quick story because. I don't think this is true. I just, I just, I don't know where the camera is. I don't think this is a true story, but it's a good story. Um, my daughter called me a few years ago. So she's 23, 24 years old. And she had dropped her roommate off at the airport. And she said, um, she called me and she said, dad, I just want to thank you for making me do stuff when I was a kid. And I was like, well, I don't know how to record on my cell phone, but, um, But yeah, let's do that. Okay, yeah, I did something right. Let's let's do that. And she said, "Yeah." She said, um, "You dropped me off at the airport and told me this place is designed for people who, with a second grade education and English as a second language, you'll figure it out." Oh wow! And I said, "I that, don't that, think that's true." And she said, "Dad, I was 13 years old." <laughs> that's exactly. <laughs> Exactly what I said. 
Oh my gosh. I don't think that's true. And I don't know what the statute of limitations <laughs> is on child abuse, but uh how old is she now? Oh yeah, she's twenty seven. Twenty seven. All right. Well, hey, she made it. She got through, but we but do there's a lot of that at my house. I think yeah, it's uh, you know, it's in it's encouraging them. You just reminded me of a story of something yeah. I, I did at Christmas. I did at Christmas. It, it was. It's going to take a second. So, it was Christmas. Kids are older now, and it's like the older kids. We have six kids, so the the older kids like Santa's not real. Yeah. Younger kids are believing. Yeah. The the middle kids are like I'm not I'm not sure. I don't want to screw it up because gifts show up so yeah. must believe <laughs> so, to so receive I, I don't want to mess this thing up right so i told the kids um all right uh we're gonna find out once and for all whether santa's real or not meet me at home 6 p.m and i will aggressive. pick you guys up i coordinated it with my wife so we uh we had a 15 passenger van i get home from work we we pile in the van, and they're like, where are we going? I said, we're going to go figure out whether Santa's real or not. And so, like, well, where are we going? Where are we going? Yeah. And I was like, uh, you'll see. And so then the older ones, we're going to some stupid Santa thing at the mall, aren't we? I know it. This yeah, is what yeah, we're yeah. going to do. And so we so we get, I, I take them over to Target, the super Target over here. Yeah. And I said, uh what family do you know that if there was a Santa would need Santa to show up? And everyone said the same family. Yeah. Um, really tough situation. And uh, dad's in prison. Grandma's basically taking care of things. Yeah. And mother's troubled. It, it's a bad situation. And it was literally across the street from us. Yeah. And... Uh, so we all knew it. And so I gave each of the kids money. And I said, go find, there's two, two little boys that live in that house. Yeah. Go get some toys. Whatever they, you think they would like. Yeah. Go get it. So they went and got it. And uh, what reminded me was, I said, I'll wait in the car. There you go. I'm letting six kids loose in, in a super target with, cash yes <laughs> and they're running around i'm like i can't just sit in the car my wife would not be happy with this so i right. i snuck around and i'm hiding out in the in the starbucks yeah yeah, wa yeah. watching what's going on I, they had to check out they had to figure everything out just figure it out yeah and they and they came and they back did. and they did yeah they, they got through the shopping experience so it was really cool so then we uh we've got we've got the stuff we come back home i said uh all right let's let's wrap these so we we wrapped all the gifts. Mom helped wrap the gifts. Yeah. And I told all the kids, go get dark clothes on. Here we so go. like, what are we doing? I said, just go get some dark clothes on. So everybody gets dressed up in dark. And um, we have the gifts. And so we sneak out of the house. We're hiding behind the, the bushes. Yes. And uh, I tell the older kids, go go knock on the door. Leave, leave the bag yeah. at the door and hustle back here as quick as you can. And if you guys say a word... You're grounded. That's it. Yeah, I got six of you. Getting rid of one ain't going to hurt me. You don't say a word. Right. Right. And uh, we dropped off the gifts, knocked on the door, lights up. We're hiding in the bushes. They come out. 
looking around. Gifts go back. We get back home. That was so cool, Dad. Yeah. I said, congratulations. Santa's real. Yeah. The spirit of Christmas. You executed well. Good work. That's that's what my wife always told my kids when it when that when they when you cross that bridge. Yeah. She said the spirit. That's it's it. The spirit. It's the spirit. Which it's very godly to me. Very, yeah. Yeah. So so that's um so that's why I call this podcast God written goals. Because right. to me these are like the three pillars of uh being a dad. I it's really life. But as yeah. a dad, it's like suddenly, oh, you're having a kid, you're now a dad. You didn't have to go through years of scout training to reach this pinnacle of fatherhood. Right. You just are one because yeah, you did something, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh so so for me, God is like you have to decide as a man. I'm either at the top of the heap or something else is at the top of the heap. Right. Right. And, and, and then what is that? So there's a greater good than what I am able to see, perform, do. Right. (laughs) Right. And that you need a, you need a framework. You need, you need a mentor, you need guidance, you need all of these things. And, and you may have been raised, you know, you were raised by an Eagle Scout dad. Yeah. I had a, a cop dad and a professor dad. Yeah. Like he did both. Oh, wow. Yeah, crazy. And, uh, yeah, intellectual and would shoot you. Right? Yeah. It's like, um, and, um, but, but, you know, that's just fundamental decision there. Right. That, that, that there is a God. And if there is a God, then... How am I going to relate to him? Right. And then grit, like life is hard. You've got to. If you're doing it right, it is. You got to fight through it. Right. Yeah. Um, My wife and I always say marriage for us, fortunately, has been easy. Life is hard. Right. Pick someone that you're going to go through life with. Yeah. Because you're always changing. Um, And so that grit is just so important. And then goals. For me, the goals are. Like the in-between steps, how, how am I going to get better? What do I need to focus right. on, right? Right, right? And I always say, you know, it's great to have a five-year plan, but for me it's like five-year plan. Well, I can get started on that in like mm, three years, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't When's really it, affect what I'm doing tomorrow. When's it due? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> When's it due? Perfect. So what I've learned to do in my life is set ridiculously low goals where I'm literally disgusted with myself if I don't get this done. Yeah. Right. Like you can't get up and do one sit up and one push up tomorrow. Like seriously, you're not, you're not going to do it. I don't want to talk about that. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, now I'm uncomfortable, but that's what, that's what propels us forward. Right. And so we've got to have an aim. Yep. Right. Um, and so working through that and consistently setting goals. So, so for you as a dad, how does, how does God grit and goals, like anything I just said, what does that, what does that kind of come forward with for you? So the, the God piece, um, I've, I've actually, you know, it's so fun. The whole process is fun. I hope 60, 
66 is as fun as 56 because I told my kids, you got a lot of living between where you are now and where I am. 56 doesn't suck at all. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. But your goals change and you, and you get some clarity that you didn't have before. You got a lot more time on your hands. You know, you're not putting fires out like you were. Um, your, your, your horizons, I think, broaden a little bit. You talk about having a five-year plan. I remember when my kids were little, I'm trying to get to Thursday. <laughs> like, if I can just get to Thursday, right, right. I yep. think we can survive this thing. Yeah. For me, God represents so many things um, on so many levels. But, you know, one thing that it does and people seek in so many different areas is hope. And there's so many different ways that people that people sell hope. Like there's so many opportunities out there where you see people just need some hope. They just need, and you see like you and I have had conversations about like online courses to get a business going and things like that. And so many times people buy the course and never do the course, but that just that hopeful feeling, you know what I mean? Right. I feel like I'm making progress towards the lottery something. makes makes its living on hope and, and all those things. Mm. And I think on a very basic level, you have to have something like that that you can believe in. And then you start to see real evidence of God in your everyday life. And you have some some perspective and some time to recognize that, right? Mm-hmm. Like God's working miracles all around you. But if you got a three year old, you might miss all of them. <laughs> You know, Mm -hmm. your miracle might be that Jack didn't dive off the kitchen table when you walked in from work and he's standing on it. Yeah. So, um, so for that, and, and then of course you, you see, you have the, you've been through most of the maze, part of the maze and you look back and you see your kids struggling with some of the same turns you did and you want to help them, but you want them to have their own experience and, you know, you go through your 20s and maybe you're not at church every week. And um, one of the conversations I had recently with um, Emily, she, I, I think she went through a period of time where she got upset with the people that, that run the church. Mm-hmm. Just in general, not a specific instance or whatever, just a little bit of the how the sausage was made kind of a vibe, you know, and right. she just, right. And my message to her was, don't let people's mistakes chase you away from God mm. because God's there. That's good. And, and people's mistakes will chase you away from that. Our, our church just recently. I'm going to give you a little applause on oh, that one. I'm getting that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't let. Say that again because it was good. Don't let people's mistakes chase you away from God. Yeah. Because it'll happen. Um, we, uh, I'll go to the Methodist Church here in Argyle, and our pastor recently was let go. Um Everybody's got an opinion on it. Uh, I believe that he was canceled. It's the it's the times that we live in. It was unfortunate. Uh, I really like him personally, and I, I feel bad that it happened. But that doesn't you can't let that change the way you feel about God. That and that's we get so caught up in. And um, one of my friends said, well, "We're you know we're going to go find a new church." And I was like, "That is." Amazing, because here's what you need to do. Find a church that is not run by flawed people and call me immediately because I'm down, <laughs> right? Yeah, give me the perfect church. But that's the deal is, is we're all we're all trying to figure it out. So the, the God piece is such a, it's just an overarching thing that you're just striving to get better all the time and you have something there that 
represents what that can look like. Yeah. And so I think that's really cool. Um, so the God piece and, and, and the, look at the people that you get surrounded with, right? If you're, if you're involved in, in a, a church or whatever that looks like in a men's group or whatever, hopefully you're around a bunch of people that are trying to get better. Mm-hmm. And those are the kind of people that you want to be around. Um, men, I'm in a men's group. I was telling my men's group this week and, and you and I've been in groups together Yep. and, um, and not court ordered, just like regular, <laughs> regular men's volunteer groups. men's group. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I was telling them, you know, men don't have friends. That's a tough part about being a dad too, is I think that, um, I, I, I believe that God, God does all these things to bring people together and you can see it everywhere. And people that have community are happy and successful. People that get isolated get in trouble. That's Satan's move. Yeah. I'm all this. Yeah. A hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Like people that shoot schools up, it's never like, oh, he and all his friends were hanging out and he decided to shoot a school up. No. Right. Oh. So. Um, I'm sitting at home. Yeah. With a bag of Cheetos and firearms. Yeah. And I'm making bad choices because there's yeah. nobody around to tell me that's a bad idea. Yeah. And and there's no hope. We're back to hope. Right. Yeah. So. Yep. um and I've gone off on a tangent. I apologize, but um, that's all right. But yeah, men don't have friends. I, I went to a funeral last weekend for a friend of mine that, that passed away in an accident. It was terrible. And I saw people I hadn't seen in 40 plus years. Oh, wow. 30 plus, probably 30, 40 years. And I had conversations with people at kind of the reception. And I'm talking to this guy and he's telling me some really intimate details about his parents' current situation. And they're in a, assisted living Alzheimer's type situation. And and the whole time I'm like, I've never talked to you in my life. Like, why are you, why are you telling I me having all this, this conversation? <laughs> yeah. And, and it's because men don't make those connections. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's so good. Be, and <clears throat> yeah, I've been part of men's groups for probably close to 20 years now. Yeah. And those are your go-to guys. Um, I heard somebody say once they were telling me, well, you know, uh, that's good for people that need it. I said, if, if you don't do it when you don't need it, they won't be there when you do need it. hundred percent. Right. It's, <laughs> yeah, I found the button. Yeah. You found the button. There you go. Yeah. That's it. And, and you'll meet some amazing people along yeah. the way. Right. Um, sometimes you don't know what you need. Yeah. That's so. I think men, we, you know, <laughs> if you've married well, you've got a you've got a solid relationship there. But women are confusing. Oh, we need other men to go. Yeah, they're confusing. Yeah, but then they certain guys have tried certain things, and you're like, oh, did that work? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I could try that. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, we had we've got a men's group uh, that I that I attend, and and the the age range is. Is you know we probably got some guys there in their early forties on up to in their sixties and uh, you know we kind of go around the room and check in and and this guy's in his early forties and I'm like hey you know um I don't know I, I may have to go to the doctor I don't know what's going on but I or I just I just can't sleep everybody in the room just kind of looks at each other and like are you gonna tell him <laughs> <laughs> you know you go to the doctor buddy that's what's gonna happen that's it's what fine. happens yeah, yeah. that's funny. So, All right. So that so so God wise, grit wise, um, 
that's the point. That's the whole, like, if you're not pushing and grinding and getting better, I think for me, it just gets, it gets boring and pointless. And I'm like, Amy tells me that I collect, I collect smart people. You're, you're in my collection. I collect smart people. (laughs) I love to have conversations with smart people. I love to learn things. I'm constantly reading, learning, doing, um, I want my kids to have similar drive um, because I think that there's so much out there that if you're not, you just miss out. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, life is hard if you're doing it right. Yeah, that's where yeah. the adventure is. Yeah, that's right? where that's where it all is. I was um, sharing with one of my sons the other day that um, all opportunity exists in problem yes right yeah it's like that find the problems yeah we don't complain about them all the opportunity is in there yeah right so if work's not going well and there's problems like who's going to solve them you solve them right you get recognized yeah right and there's a challenge of doing that and there's satisfaction in getting it done. I tell my kids all the time, I tell them so many things all the time. I feel as we enunciate that, I feel bad about it, but not bad enough to quit. Um, I tell them comfort is your enemy. Comfort is your enemy nonstop. Yeah. If you're comfortable, it's yeah, not good. That's funny. When things were going well for me, uh, financially, business, everything was going good. And, and I, I had this, this thought that, um, I don't need to work that hard. I'm very blessed. Yeah. This is good. And I need to show my kids that I've got time. Things are good. Right. All of that. And I'm like, and then all of a sudden everything went to hell in the handbasket. Yeah. Right. My relationship got so much better when everything went to hell in a handbasket than it was actually when everything was good. It's yeah. like, well, what am I teaching my kids? That life is easy. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, funny thing happens when, when you have means and, and I know some of our listeners are doing well. Sure. And so you have to be that, you have to be the, the maker of the bounds. It's like, uh, should we be buying our child a Ferrari for their 15th birthday this year? Right. Yeah. It's like, um, Maybe not a new one, <laughs> not, not a new one. Right. It's like, yeah. Um, but w- when you're struggling, so you, you've got to create that boundary. Yeah. Right. Whatever it is. So it might be a used pickup truck or it might be a Ferrari, but what, whatever it is, you, you're saying, um, I'm only, I'm only going to let help you this far. You, right. It's up to you to go beyond that. So we yeah. have to figure out where that is when you have nothing. There, there's no figuring that out. It's yeah. like, we can't do anything. And so if you want to do something like, let's get creative, let's pray, let's, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you move to the limits of your options to a degree. Yeah. 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 And, uh, having gone through that, it was like, that, that brought our family much closer together. Yeah. Right. Because suddenly I'm on the same side of the table as there. Like, let's figure it out. Right. Right. So, and, and then the results become, are owned by everyone and they become more special, which is awesome. Um, so, so we, um, we live in Argyle, Texas. Argyle is for the most part, very affluent. 
um, there's some monster houses out there on a bunch of dirt. Yeah. It's a big bunch, old place. bunch of dirt. Yeah. yeah. So our house is, is very small. It's 17, 1800 square feet. Um, we grew, our kids grew up on top of each other. I mean, we were, you have six kids. So wherever you lived, they're on a top small of house. Other. Yeah. There's no, yeah. <laughs> we went man to man defense and they were like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't play zone. <laughs> We'll just play man and you just like whatever. Yeah, whatever. We'll, they'll figure it out. We'll recruit some more. And but um but yeah, I think that was a huge plus for us with our kids because of that we were we were there and and we um you know I've I've done so many different types of jobs and at one point decided that it would be a good idea to own a lawn sprinkler business. Uh neglecting the fact that people in awful jobs say at least we're not digging ditches and, <laughs> and suddenly right? there, and there i and am so there i am you know digging ditches digging ditches in the mud like a moron but uh i did that because i was traveling at work and work was unstable and in the technology industry and i saw it as an opportunity to be able to be home with my kids and help raise my kids when they were younger um and financially it was a hundred percent disaster I made more mistakes than I could count, and uh, my marriage survived it, uh, and, um, you know, you talk about marriage being easy. I think it's super easy for me. I don't think it's super easy on my wife at all, <laughs> but, um, but you know, we got through all that, and uh, and the kids, they, keep, they just knew, like they knew kind of where we were, and those boundaries you were talking about, mm-hmm. they kind of knew where they were. And, and, you know, when they were super young, they didn't, and they had to learn. And then they would go to their friend's house and, you know, and get lost for right. a couple of days. They'd be gone for a couple of days, and then they'd find Everybody them. doesn't have a pony? They'd find them, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, that's the pony room. Like, yeah. well, we just have the one room. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, no, so I get that. That makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. So um, how do you teach your kids grit? It's hard. And, and I don't know that I did a stellar job. I wouldn't tell you that I was an amazing parent. Uh, I would say that my kids knew that I was busting my ass. Mm. But that I don't I don't think they'd say that, no, oh, that dude was, he was really good at it. I, I, we learned together along the way. Yeah. But grit-wise, I think you make them do hard things. Mm. I think you make them do hard things and you let them understand that they can do hard, they're capable of doing difficult things. Yeah. And you got to sit back and watch them and not jump in and help them sometimes. And that's super difficult. And then sometimes you, you do. And, and that balance is, is very tricky. Um, I think it's easy for people outside your environment to judge that. And it's because, and I have to be very careful about not doing that because I have friends that have kids that are a little younger than mine and, and, my kids are 27 and 22. So, and they're super self-sufficient. They do their own thing. And so I'm like, well, you should do this and you should no, just leave them alone. They're fine. (laughs) Um, But that's the thing. You got to make your kids do hard things and they'll surprise you. They'll surprise themselves. They can do it. They can do hard things. Well, and you feel so much better having done it. Right. Right. It's like when, when you think back on your life and it's like, what's the most satisfying thing I've done? It was like, it was really hard. That's what made it satisfying. Oh yeah. 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 And, and, and you have that ownership, that, that, that buy-in. Um, I'll, I'm, I'm not addicted is aggressive. I don't think I'm gonna have to go to meetings or anything, but uh, I'm a fan of the Chinese TikTok. Uh, I watch the TikToks. 
Oh. And uh, I share them with my kids. And and uh, and I saw one the other day, and it was a man that I didn't recognize, but apparently he has a lot of financial wealth. And he said, true wealth is when your adult kids want to spend time with you. Yeah, That's true wealth. That is so true. And I was like, yeah, I want that. Right. Because my kids are super fun. They're amazing. Um, they... They are so resourceful and so just, they're just good people. And I'm super proud of that. Um, okay. In spite of me and uh, Amy, I thought did a stellar job. I stumbled and bumbled along a little bit and uh, I wouldn't change it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Um, and what you just shared, because I think how we define success is so important. Oh, absolutely. Right. Because if we think it's the house and the cars and the neighborhood and the keeping up with the Joneses and all of that stuff, it's like that that's the hard part, especially when you're a young dad, like you're you're getting your career going and yeah, you're trying to get all that going and then oop, now oh, I've got a little responsibility here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I, and and I've got another good one that I tell my kids now. Um, and I feel this with all my heart. I tell them I'm so much more proud of who you are than what you do. Yeah, that's great. Because you always brag to your friends. Oh, my, you know, my, he's doing okay. He's making a billion dollars. and da, da, da. Right, right. But but who they are is what I'm really proud of. Mm. You meet my kids. They're special. They're good people. That's gold. Yeah. Yeah, rim shot. Yeah, let's yeah, go. That's a good one. That's all I care, that's all I care about. Yeah. Now. yeah. Yeah. Pavlov. Well, when you talked about doing hard things. Yeah. My wife, now, we have a five-year-old grandson that lives with us. Yeah. And she is constantly telling him, Tobias is do hard things. Yes. Right? Tobias is do hard things. So you can start this really young, yeah. actually, right? And it's an identity statement. It's like you, you decide what your, carrying your family's last name means. Right. And you can instill that in your children. Yeah. Right? And then you are defining it. And so Tobias is do hard things. Well, what does that mean to a five-year-old? It means uh, we need to take this medicine. I know right. you don't want to take it, but we do hard things, and this is what we do. Yeah. Or uh, I know you don't want to put the dishes away after dinner, but we do hard things, and this is what we do. Right. It's like it, everything is not that's not being done is a hard thing. Right. And we do them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, if the countertop's <laughs> eye level, putting the dishes up may be difficult. Right. Yeah. But, but it makes sense. But you can do it. Yeah. Right. Or you can at least bring it to the kitchen and give it to grandma. Yeah. <laughs> right? So the, there's... That's and, awesome. I and, love that. And then you always can can elevate that. Yeah. So that's... Um, I think that's a that's a really good way to teach grit at a young age. Yeah. Right? Um, what about goals? Tell me, like, you've you've definitely set goals in your life. And, you know, how, how do you do that? So... You know, I talk about horizons, like having different horizons. Um, and I have I have goals for myself. Um, primarily, mine is uh, is to try to keep my wife around. Um, <laughs> she's got options. Keep her around. She is awesome. And, yeah. and uh, I don't want her to wake up one day and go, I don't think I can fix this one. I tried it for 30 years. I don't think, I think he's flawed. So that's, that requires a lot of effort. And and I'm serious about that. I'm, I'm hypersensitive to that. And, and our, you know, the empty nest thing and as our lives change and all that, um, professionally, 
my goal has always been to do things that are interesting. And that's led me to do a lot, a lot of very different things. Like I've sold technology, I've sold plastic, I've installed sprinkler systems. I've, you know, all these different, I was in the army for a while, I've done all these different things. Um, and that has not been the best financial plan for me because I chase things that I think are interesting more than things that maybe are, are good for me financially. And like I got out of consulting because I was traveling every week and I had small kids and it just wouldn't work. And, and, yep. and Amy would have left me and I would So back to rule one, bit. don't do anything that makes my wife don't, leave me. Don't piss the wife off. <laughs> but, um, but that being said, um, and so now uh, it's, I'm doing interesting things and I think I'm going to, I'm going to find a way to make a little bit of money and, and that'll give me more freedom. Money's all about freedom. And so I'm excited about that. Um, and, and we've recently reconnected with our church probably in the last couple of years and we visited, I don't know how many churches and I've got all kinds of stories about that and, and they're all positive experiences, but they're all very different. And, um, I feel good about having a church home. I think it's super important for for me mentally. Um, and the other goal for me is is I just continue to collect smart people. The podcast is part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the men's groups that I go to are part of that. Um, you know, our mutual friend Chris Spivey. I'll just he'll just ping me at eleven. You want to go eat lunch at eleven fifteen? Yeah, let's go. Um, you know, all those relationships are so important to me. And then for my kids. My goal for my kids is to try to stay out of their business. And I work hard at that. Mm. And my, my daughter called me the other day. And uh, she has a boyfriend. They live together, Caleb. We love Caleb. He's awesome. Uh, someday, I'm hoping they'll get married, but we'll see what happens. Come on, Caleb. Come on, Caleb. <laughs> Let's get this thing moving. Anyway, we love Caleb. Caleb's super intelligent, and he will do anything in the world for my little girl. And I couldn't um, be happier about that. He's awesome. And Emily's awesome. And Emily called me and she's like, yeah, Caleb really wants to buy this this car. And it was an older BMW, whatever. And she's like, I just wanted to call you and see what you thought about that. And I said, oh, on paper, it's a terrible idea. I mean, it's a terrible idea. It's an older car. You, know, you guys don't have a ton of money, whatever. I said, I think you should absolutely do it. I was like, what's the worst thing that happened? You get a car, it doesn't work out, you sell it, you move on. I said, do it. Do it. Live it. Figure it out. Don't, yeah. Uh, you don't have to call experience. me for that. Yeah, why not? I mean, I, you just immediately thought back to three cars that you've owned in your married life that you're like, eh, probably wasn't my best one. <laughs> right? <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's part of the fun. And yeah. so, for me, it's everything that I can do n- to not call my kids every day. You don't have time. You got six, but see, I've only got the two. Yeah. So I could do like a morning afternoon thing every day. Um, but to try to stay out of their business because Amy and I have equipped them to be amazing. I want them to be amazing. And then I want to hear about it. I don't want to, I don't want to be isolated from them. Yeah. But um, for me, that's a, big goal of mine is just to try to stay out of their business because I could fix a lot of stuff for them. Like I could get in there and show them how to do stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm awesome. But you would weaken them. Oh yes. And I would piss them off. Right. I'd make them so mad. I'd be so mad. So the yeah. relationship's important. Yeah. Well, I heard you, you, you really kind of talked about goals. It's interesting cause you line them out and you started with your wife. Oh yeah. Right. And 
Um, and then you talked about work. Then you talked about the church. Then you talked about your kids. Yeah. And so I don't think necessarily you've planned it out in that order, but it's like, to me, that's a like that's almost a priority, the structure of things, right? Yeah, it could be. Yeah. yeah. If mom's not happy, like no one's happy. Yeah, she deserves <laughs> to be happy. Right. I've got to make money. Yeah. Because that's my primary role in our relationship with my wife. Right. Right. Like she's working, oh, yeah. I'm working, but oh yeah, you know, I got to do my part. <clears throat> and then the the church home. Um, I think getting that in order, because yeah. that puts God at the top, not right. me at the top. I'm not against her. We're together talking to him. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Seeking yeah. him. And then our children. Right. Right. Yeah. And where they are in that life. Now I know you just kind of set them in that order, but it was interesting that you thought through because I, I believe that is, that is the order, right? Yeah. We're, we're to put God first, but as men, let's be honest. I, the way I was without a woman, that's all I thought about. Yeah. Where am I going to get a woman? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's... I should put God first, but I was putting, where am I going to find a woman first? Yeah. Right. Just in, in not your whole life. Right. Just from about 12. <laughs> I told exactly. my, I told my kid, I was like, yeah. it, it's funny cause they don't, dating is so screwed up. Like yeah. they've, they've messed it up. They've screwed it up. I don't think they can fix it. But I told my kid every decision that I've made, every decision that I've made, from the time I was about 12, involved a girl. <laughs> Every one. <laughs> yeah. Including standing in front of the door at the convenience store going, do I want a Dr. Pepper or a Coke? Somehow, in my head, oh, girls like girls like me more if I have Dr. Pepper. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Yeah, right. Well, they know how to advertise to us, too. But you know what I mean? Have a Coke and, so and a smile. For, yeah, for him, for him, it, it, it wasn't like that. Like, they, didn't, they don't chase each other like they used to. It's a very odd... And we get on that for two hours, the social media and the chaos and all that. But yeah, but yeah I uh, it it requires um, it requires some effort. You gotta you gotta get in there and roll your sleeves up. Yeah. All right, so um, I'm gonna kind of land this plane here. Love so it. yeah, we talked about a lot of stuff here. We talked a lot about um, Eagle Scouts. And, yeah. You know how important that is. We talked about your family. We talked about God, grit, and goals. Um, I, I want to come back uh, as, as we kind of wrap this up. We talked a lot about the importance of having godly relationships in men. You talked, yes. about, yeah. you talked about relationships with other men, but yeah. I think um, unspoken and what you were really talking about were, was rela godly relationships with men. 100%. How would you, because I know you're a guy, you're in sales, you get along with everybody, you, you, or you appear Try. to. Yeah. Right? Um, how do you differentiate a godly relationship versus, you know, a business relationship or some other relationship? So uh, I'm, I'm for all that I am, I've, I try to be very self-aware. I know that I'm a lot. Like I know who I am. I come on pretty strong. Um, there are people in this world that, that don't care for me at all. And, and that's, Certainly understandable. I usually, when I talk to a man on the phone and we're getting off the phone, I refer to them as brother. Mm. And it's a habit that I got into years ago. And my wife gives me a hard time about it. Um, 
to me, that's a God thing. So to me, that's always reminded me that that is my brother mm. in Christ, in God. Yeah. And so even at work, like I call a guy and he needs a quote for a firewall and I'm like, hey, thanks, brother. I'll get this right out. For them, it's it has no significance. But for me, it's always reminding me that that it's because I'm simple. <laughs> I'm simple. I need that. And so when you talk about those relationships, I have relationships with people that, that don't have it a Christ focus at all. But there's always a little something, right? Yep. You're the same way. Yep. There's always a little something, right? Right. And so I just have to continuously remind myself that, hey, you, you need to touch that. You need to, you know, there's a little something. I've got a friend that, believes with all his heart that he's agnostic. Like, you're not agnostic. You just don't like the beard and the robes and all that. But you're not agnostic because you're not, you're intelligent enough to see the world around you and realize that there's evidence of something everywhere. Right. So don't, don't be anti, don't, you know, if you don't like Jesus, if that's not your thing, fine. But don't tell me that this all just randomly happened. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> It's absolutely ridiculous. Intelligent design. Yeah. All right. How uh, can people find your podcast? How do they the get podcast, involved Scouts? How, do, how does any of that happen? All right. So the podcast is um, the Eagle Scout Show. Uh, you can go to theeaglescoutshow.com. And if you know an Eagle Scout or if you are an Eagle Scout and you're interested in being on the Eagle Scout Show, uh, there's a form on the webpage to fill out. I've had some people fill it out recently. They're amazing guests. Everybody's got a story, and I want to hear yours. Uh, I've done, I will publish next week the 20th episode, which is remarkable. Uh, the statistics say that your 21st episode puts you in the top 1% of all podcasters. Wow. 21. Um, so you can find it at uh, everywhere you do podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Google, all that. Um, and... Uh, the guests are amazing. I'm yeah. I'm average or above average. I think I'm above average, but the guests are insane. It's it's super fun. Uh, to get involved in scouting, just do it like you do everything else in your life. Google it up. Look for uh, a local troop. Usually they're attached to, uh, they're aligned with schools. Okay. And uh, you can find that more in the elementary level. They're, they're aligned with schools. Um, but you can Google scouting, scouting near you. And, uh, and I'll tell you this. Um, another semi-controversial topic that shouldn't be controversial is girls in scouting. Why would you have the greatest leadership program on the planet for youth and exclude girls? Mm, doesn't okay. make sense. And the way it's structured, people that are against it don't understand how it's structured. Girls have their own troops. It's yeah. not co-ed. Okay. And so it's, it's spectacular. And a lot of the, the young women that I've met that are in scouting are doing it better than anybody else. So, don't let that stop you. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thanks for Fan putting up with yeah, me. This fantastic. is awesome. What time uh, are we tomorrow? Same time? Yeah. Or how's that work? <laughs> Thank you guys for listening in. And uh, just go uh, knowing God is good. Jesus has forgiven me. I'm loved. And everything is possible. Amen to that. All right.